0: to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 15 minutes, and I am very grateful to welcome today's guest. This is Ismail LaRosa, and he is with the company Kapikua out of New York, New York. Ismail, thank you so much for taking a few minutes at the end of your day to talk with us a little bit about leadership and so forth. Tell us a little bit about Kapikua and what you folks are working on and what you're accomplishing.
1: Sure. Um, uh, Thank you for the invitation to your show. Um, So we are a full cycle software development company. That means we start with the consulting of what clients need. Then we move on to uh, front end, uh, to UX uh, design. Then we do the front end, back end, and we support the life cycle of the product, uh, the the tech product throughout uh, its lifetime. So that's what we do.
0: Very good. And then before we started the recording, you were telling me some fascinating information about the name Capicua. So take just a few seconds and share a little bit about the background of that name.
1: Sure. Um, well, uh, we I'm originally from Uruguay. That's uh, in the southern part of South America. And in Uruguay, the Capicua Kap- means like, or it's re- it relates to something uh, of like a three leaf clover or four. Four Leaf Clover, it's a token of good luck. Uh, people uh, back in the day, uh, when you uh, ride a bus, you receive like a physical t- ticket and that ticket had five five digits. And if it was like the same uh, number uh, beginning and ending, meaning like one, two, one, two, one, something like that. Uh, if you read it backwards, um, it, it, it means Capigua, words palindrome in English. And that's why we named the company back in 2010,
0: Capicua. Oh, very good. I like that story. I think that that was cool. So I wanted the audience to have a chance to hear that and learn a little bit about Capicua, the name. Yeah, thank thank you for taking time. All right. right. Let's uh, let's go to our questions then. Our first question, share with the audience how a leader can help resolve conflicts within a team or within a company.
1: Right. Um, So... I, 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 uh, I believe that communication is the key uh, to resolve conflicts. I won't say that most of the conflicts are have a uh, basis in lack of communication or lack of uh, expectation setting. But uh, you can explain uh, I will say a vast majority of the problems that happen within a team as a problem of communication. And If you can um, help communication in the sense of people start listening to each other, it's not just communicating, but also taking information and trying to align expectations, I think that's a good way to manage and help uh, a a team to align and resolve conflict. right? I think communication is a, is a key, right? And then have a, a, a good set of expectations of what each team member adds to the team, adds to the project, and have accountability as well. I think those are the, I would say, pillars of solving conflict um, and aligning and aligning to a common goal, right? That's yeah. how you
0: solve problems and issues. Yeah, great comments. Yeah, great comments. I really like that. Thank you for sharing. All right. The second question, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, "Ismail." That people don't leave jobs; they leave managers. What's one idea that you have on how leaders can retain their talent longer?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that phrase. Um, as a leader, and previously as a collaborator, I I, I agree with that phrase. I I think that. Um, one of the things leaders can do in order to retain talent is to uh, show that they have empathy, mm-hmm. that they can uh, understand the other person's struggle. I think sometimes uh, because we have a task at hand and we have to finish the job, we forget that the other person is a human being and not a, uh, a piece of, of of a machinery that has to produce an output, right? I think when we forget about the human aspect of what we do, I work in technology and technology is human-based. Um, it's not uh, abstract. It's abstract what we do and how we do it in, in a sense, but it's human power, right? And when you forget about the feelings and emotions of humans, I think that's where um uh, people start leaving managers, right, and start leaving companies because they stop believing that their goals are aligh- aligned with the overarching goal of the company or the project. Or And the goals sometimes are, um, are embodied by the leader, right? The leader is the one that translates that idea of what the company wants, what the project wants, to um, collaborators. And... If that leader doesn't represent an alignment into what you want or doesn't treat you as a human, doesn't listen to you, I don't think uh, people will stay along with you. So
0: such great Um, comments that you made. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. But people feel like their leaders don't have empathy for their situation or they just don't care. uh, That is a uh, that's a serious problem. And that's when people start to check out. And I, I love what you said. So great comments, great insights. Thank you for sharing those. Question number three: How can a leader of a team or a, or of a company, how can they help build resilience in the team?
1: Right, um, that's a that's a great question that um, we practice it a lot in Capicu. So one of the things uh, we we have as, a, as our company culture is we we form leaders, right? We have uh, people that want to engage into a leadership role, either technical or management. And we empower them little by little in order to be able to support the pressure that that we'll have in the future. And the way we do it, uh, I'm sure there are um, many other ways that are better than ours. Sometimes ours might be a little bit brutal. It's like, we let people fail safely uh, we empower them with a little I'll say charge in their new role or in the new um career path that they are trying to take but we manage the risk of that charge and what and the impact emotional impact that that will have if they fail or if they they succeed we expect people to fail fast and early right because that's a way to build resilience. It's not about creating a, uh, a, a a a path that will only have successes. It will it, at the begin, very beginning of a new path, especially when you are changing roles from technical to management or um, management sometimes to technical. You need to your first first tries will be failure, right? And in those specific three two three steps that are like uh we help them to fail better, right? We help people to fail better and uh feel effective, fail effectively, right? Fail towards um an achievement of, of their goal. And we believe that by doing that, we are l- building their resilience to um their their goals, where they want to go. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's how we do it. I don't know if oh.
0: Great comments. I love your phrase that you talked about, about creating an environment where they can fail safely. Because yeah. ultimately, you're absolutely right. What you said, everything you said was great. But if people don't feel like they can fail safely, that resilience is not going to be there. I just, I love what you said about that. So I hope that everybody picked up on that, that failing safely is a great environment to create, to nurture, so that when those unexpected failures do come, we have an environment that we can bounce back from that. It was a great comment. Great comment. All right. Question number four. Is there someone that you would like to recognize that has had a positive influence in your life?
1: Yeah, I'll say my family and my, especially my parents and my grandparents. Mm-hmm. I will say my grandmothers actually. Um, uh, they, they, taught me how to be hard worker, a hard worker person. And they show me there's a lot of luck involving everything that happens to anyone, but they show me a way that if you work hard enough uh, and you are lucky because you need luck to succeed in life, uh, you are creating progress, not just for yourself, but for other people. And that's what I learned from them. It's hard work and a little bit of luck. Everyone's, everyone needs luck in order to go ahead, succeed in life and go ahead, right? And I'm I'm the result of a couple of generations that were hard workers, had a little bit of luck and uh, were able to push their uh, uh, descendants forward. Yeah.
0: Well, that's great. I, I, I ask this question of all my guests, and I absolutely love when they recognize family members. So I'm grateful that you did that because our families have such, in many cases at least, have such great influence for good in what we're doing. So thank you for recognizing them. All right. Our last question, Isabel, tell us a little bit about your first job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, I was, again, about luck. I was very lucky Uh, before finishing college, I got my first uh, job as a graphic designer. And I was so excited to work in this place, um, and I was the only one out of college got a job. And I was I, I, at the moment, and it's, I still think I was very lucky because this this job that I will describe it in a second helped me to um, go forward and get a job at TCS Data Consultancy Services. They are a very big company in the world of technology. And that was the, the one that opened me the door to the present that I have right now. But that first first job was um, interesting. And I had to not not that mind complaining, but I had to take a bus for 45 minutes. Then I had to walk for 30 minutes. And then I got to the office. And saying it was an office, it's it's a compliment. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was working 50 centimeters from the ceiling of the, oh. it was more like a hangar because this was a, a, a billboard advertised, a billboard company, right? You, you We created billboards for streets and everything. And it was more like, um, it was a graphic design job I had to do all the graphic design things so people can print the billboards and assemble them and everything. But I was working like in a hangar and the ceiling was a metal ceiling. and in the summer it got very very hot. so hot that I was sweating while working, which was like uh, I was uh, exercising myself as, as well as work as working. And I was very happy. I can't can't complain, it was a great job experience. And I was so happy that every day when I arrived to the office, there was a cat that used to um, sleep on top of my computer, right? And I'm saying sleep because we are uh, PG-13. He wasn't only sleeping on on top of my computer. And I just, my, my routine was clean, everything. And then start working. And then uh, when the sun was up, uh, dying out of uh, hot and being very, very warm in the office. So but I, I remember that experience as a as a, a very good experience. And with time, I realized how crappy it was, but it helped me move forward in life. So I, I'm, I'm very glad that I, I had that job at the very beginning of my career.
0: I love that story and I love your attitude about it that you had it that you were excited about it that you that you loved it that you appreciated it I think yeah. that's awesome so thank you for sharing that and Ismail thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today how can people find you so um, we are in um, we arecapuacom
1: I know it's uh, like a phrase we are and my email is ismail at we
0: Very good. Thank you. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also invite you to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you may be watching it or listening to it. Thanks so much for joining us and have a great day.